Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's been a hell of a couple of years, and I think I can safely say that as a universal concept. And so as we looked at the State of Fitness survey this year, it was important for us to include mental health in that survey. Why? Because we've been thrown off and we've been thrown right back into real life. The world turned off and back on again, leaving me at least reeling. I know I can't necessarily speak for you. And one part of the pandemic that may have had lasting effects on our mental health was the sheer separation of us from other humans. We are social creatures. It takes a village. Everything is better with friends, etc. A study we love to quote is the Harvard study of adult development which tells us that the easiest way to predict a long and healthy life is strong social connections. Several studies found that people's level of satisfaction with their relationship at age 50 was a better predictor of physical health than cholesterol levels. Than cholesterol levels! On the flip side, according to the CDC, social isolation significantly increased a person's risk of premature death from all causes, a risk that may rival things like smoking and physical inactivity. Social isolation was associated with about a 50% increase in the risk of dementia too. So in case you were wondering why we included friendship and mental health in the state of fitness survey, they really, really matter for your quality of life and longevity. And that's why we're all here at A Sweat Life. By the way, I'm Gina Anderson, co-founder of A Sweat Life, and joining me today is Kelly Makovich, who leads our community in Dana-Farber, who runs Moonstone Marketing and works with A Sweat Life on our content strategy and social media. Dana has a wide-ranging career in the boutique fitness industry, so she has a unique perspective. Kelly listens to the ambassadors talk about their health, happiness, mental health all the time, and we've all been working on the state of fitness for months and talking about it all of March. So we have a lot to say clearly, but before we dig into mental health and friendship, let's start this episode the way we start every day. What's good, Dana, you go first. What's good? Um, So something I'll talk about a lot probably on this episode is my consistent striving for a better work-life balance because I do Mm. work from home, work basically by myself, live by myself. Um, so this is an exciting month for Moonstone Marketing, my marketing agency. Um, we're bringing on a couple more clients and just working on some exciting projects. So with that, my hopefully what's good is that I will maintain the work-life balance that I am very thinly holding on to. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, what about you? What's good? Uh, so this weekend, I'm going to be a spectator at a scajoring event in Leadville, Colorado. <laughs> so random. And if you don't know what scajoring is, it's um, basically like water skiing with a horse on snow. So maybe nothing like water skiing, (laughs) but a horse pulls individuals on skis down the main street of Leadville. So they pile all this snow up, um, make jumps, and people watch this. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. (laughs) 
So random. Colorado. Yeah. If anyone was wondering what life is like in Colorado, Kelly is a glimpse into the <laughs> outdoor adventure. I do feel like you take full advantage of living there yeah. though. Cause yeah. yeah. Cause last year you attended this event as well. And I remember thinking, what the hell? Uh, when yeah. you Actually, it last I, didn't, year too. I remember talking about it. We didn't get to go cause the, the weather was oh. so crazy and we were nervous about driving, but now we're more mature with our winter driving and, and I think we'll be fine getting there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Mature. Mature. <laughs> and my good thing is pizza. Um, so I am a gluten-free eater. Um, I have a tricky colon. I don't need to get into it, <laughs> but, but I loved the pizza at Portofino, um, in Chicago yesterday. And I am pretty snobby when it comes gluten-free pizza because I've had it both ways. I used to be able to eat gluten and now I can't. And this was excellent. I would say probably my favorite gluten-free pizza crust in the city. And that's saying a lot. It rivals Fornaroso. Um, if you care about gluten-free pizza the way I do, but it's a cauliflower crust. It's impossibly good. I didn't feel the effects of gluten. So they weren't lying to me. (laughs) So it really is gluten-free. And they have a nice view. I have a lovely view in case you care about the river, um, which I do. I love the river. Okay, let's talk about the state of fitness and mental health specifically. So this week we're talking about the new section of the survey, mental health routines. Um, Let's dig into our own mental health routines before we dig into the data. Kelly, Dana, do you have a mental health routine? Kelly, do you want to go first or second? Second. Dana, what's your mental health routine? Um, so yes, I do. Um, so I, you know, TLDR was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in college. So I've struggled with anxiety for all of my adult life. And as a kid, you know, I was a very anxious child. Um, and so I'm actively in therapy, weekly therapy, um, and, and back in person therapy, which is what works better for me. Um, I'm on anxiety meds. I've been on for, again, a better part of a decade. Um, so, you know, for me, my mental health is kind of a consistent thing where I'm always, going to work with it and on it. Um, and it, it is a consistent part of my life. Um, I have pretty, you know, serious obsessive compulsive disorder, which benefits my business, but you know, is not always the funnest to have. So I do a lot to really maintain my self-care and make sure that I'm feeling well, definitely, you know, therapy and meds, but also I just take care of myself and take nights off and nights to myself when I need that extra dose of that. Love it. Thanks for your honesty. Kelly, what about you? Uh, I think I clear my head and do through like movement. So I'll do like some kind of class. I go for like a run. I walk. So that helps me clear my head quite a bit. Uh, I listen to a meditation at night, but mostly just I fall asleep right away through my hatch alarm. Um, so there's there's a meditation component to that. <laughs> and uh, I would say, like, I have a gratitude practice from with you, Gina. Like every morning we start our morning saying what's good. It's so easy, especially I think back to 2020. And that's really when I think we implemented that or started doing yeah. that because um, it was so the world was so crazy and so scary and it was so easy to talk about the negative things. And not that we don't, we talk about very personal stuff too and hard things in life. But I think even in 2020, most of our good, what's good was like 
coffee. <laughs> like every day we were like <laughs> yeah. really reaching. So it was like coffee is, is what's good. Um, it's so good, but um, I think, yeah, so I have a gratitude practice. I, I'm not, I don't go to therapy. I've been talking about it for years and would love to do that. I just haven't made it a priority, but I, I am interested in it. And I think it's helpful for everyone. Um, just haven't committed. Ooh, well, this could be your year if you feel like committing. Um, Maybe I'll know. finally get a Peloton and you'll finally go to therapy. <laughs> You can have my Peloton, Kelly. And, you can and try Kelly can have my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's right. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. Well, I think you need your therapist too, but you could share. Um, yeah. Great. Okay. So for me, um, I uh, have a lot of mental health practices. I have my daily gratitude practice with Kelly. Thanks for naming it that. Um, I talk to a therapist once a week. I too um, live with anxiety and occasional depression. I've also been diagnosed with PTSD um, due to uh, sexual trauma in my past, which is uh, which manifests a lot less frequently, but it did lead to like you know like walking down the street and being afraid of everyone, hyperdiligence, all that fun stuff. Um, but I've worked through that, and I also went on medication. I'm on Lexapro, and I've been on Lexapro since May. I felt a real difference. Um, I mean, Dana and I could both speak to this, but like medication is not a cure. It's, it's a tool. Um, Mm -hmm. so for me, it was definitely a a great tool to add into my arsenal. It gave me a space between myself and my anxiety is how I describe it before. It was like, if I felt anxious or if I felt depressed, it was all I could see, but now I can like name it and either decide to like take the day off to just let my brain have a break or, (laughs) or, um, go for a walk, do some breathing, see if I can get out of it on my own. Um, that's what's in my toolbox. I'm sure there's more. I also do on occasion with my therapist, we do EMDR, um, which is a technique that's used for PTSD, not only for sexual assault survivors, um, but also for folks like returning from war and and suffering from like PTSD, um, from like real violent things. Uh, so that's an awesome tool. If you need any of those things, I hope you don't need it honestly, but if you do, it's great. Let's lay a base giant left turn. Ready? Um, (laughs) let's lay a base here when it comes to mental health. Here is what respondents to the state of fitness told us. Okay. 56% of the state of fitness respondents told us that they have some sort of mental health routine, like meditation, journaling, therapy, or gratitude. That's more than half. That's awesome. 28.4% told us that they speak to a professional therapist at least once a month. 25.7% joined a fitness group specifically to make friends, anything from like November project to a sweat life, anything in between. All right. After everything we've been through, do any of these numbers surprise you? Dana, do you want to go first or second? Um, I can go first. Um, I think the surprise to me would be that the amount of people who see a therapist, frankly, it feels low to me just because I think I, again, I live in a microcosm of anxiety land. And a lot of the, uh, my for you page on TikTok is very, uh, anxiety (laughs) driven, which I think a lot of people are seeing just in general that creators are talking more about mental health, but it feels to me 
like a lot of the podcasts I listen to are mental health focused. So that everyone sees a therapist. And I've always been super open about my mental health. And, you know, I will always continue to be because I think it should be less stigmatized than it is to even just say, like, I have therapy. I remember going on a date and telling someone, telling that guy that I was had therapy the next day. And he was very judgy about it. And I was like, that's a huge deal breaker to me. And like, disgusting to be <laughs> a, a, you know, a to be judgy about other people taking care of themselves. It would be like me saying, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. And you're saying, ew, why? You know, like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> so I guess, frankly, that that to me is surprising that it does feel like a minority of people are seeing a professional therapist. But to that, to the other side of that, I will say, I think that definitely over the last decade that I've been, you know, experiencing my mental health journey, the, the landscape has changed so much and the conversation has changed. And I think there are other tools outside of traditional therapy and medication that exist now and people are very open about them. So I think that the fact that over half, like basically it's like half, double the amount of people who see a therapist are doing something for their mental health. It just does show me that like people are seeking alternate ideas and therapy isn't the only solution maybe anymore. Um, but again, that, that number just does feel a little low to me. Mm. Kelly, what about you? I think any increases. Yeah, well, I I think that traditional therapy is it's kind of new that people are open to talk about it. Like, I feel like there was still stigma on it. I mean, there still kind of is, but I would say even like a few years ago, I mean, you didn't talk about going to a therapy. Now it's it's almost trendy, which is great. That just means it's 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 something that we should be talking about, and it's so important. And we should just like we work out our bodies, we should be working out our minds. And I don't know why that that was always such a weird stigma thing in the past. Like if you went to a therapist, like it was taboo. Um, so I, I hope those numbers keep going up. I think that other younger generations are much more open to it and talking about it more. So I can see that like continuing to trend. Um, so yeah, I think what, another thing I think about going to traditional therapist one, what keeps me, what the barriers for me is finding someone I can connect to. I think it's just like dating. It's kind of hard. I've tried it once and then we didn't click and click. And then I just didn't look again. Um, also I wish it was just covered by healthcare. Like the price yeah. of going to therapy, like I know there's so many different options and there are more affordable options, but why, like, just like we go to a, a our annual health, you know, check for our body, like mental health should be in there too. Like healthcare, cover it, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my husband and I are on a sweat life's healthcare and the copay is $40 for, um, for therapy. I remember when COVID was like, current, I'm air quoting that for the listeners, was like a current pandemic. Um, the Kobe was actually removed for therapy by Blue, Cro- Blue Cross Blue Shield. Um, so it was like essentially free during the pandemic. Um, but the copay is back and it's $40. <laughs> yeah. And I will say to your point, Kelly, I do think the pandemic was a big part of like that destigmatized about talking mm-hmm. about therapy because it was like, it kind of was like, are you not paying attention? Like, I mean, like we all are need something right now. So we were all like, yeah. are you okay to your neighbor? Yeah, like, are you? <laughs> I know, especially parents talking to parents, just being like, are you okay? Do you need help? I think just normalizing those questions was, was big. Um, I was surprised by the amount of folks like who joined a fitness group just to make friends, um, 25.7. But also that pairs up nicely with 
the amount of folks who go to fitness seeking out other people. So we asked, like, do you tend to work out alone or with friends? And uh, alone was the predominant answer. It was... Um, it was high. It was like 80% of folks went to fitness or went to a workout by themselves and the rest went with friends. I was surprised by that, but then I thought about my own behavior. Like I actually like tend to go to fitness classes by myself, but I look to others and like the instructor for that medium social engagement. Um, so it's not that surprising when you really dig into it, but I also think, I also think it's interesting that we're not like capitalizing on that moment to say like, Mm -hmm. Hey friends, come with me. All right. Let's talk about speaking of therapy and speaking of whether it's high or low, let's talk about the national numbers, how we compare. So the annual numbers that Statista reported were around 21.4% of us women seek therapy annually and 12.1% of us men seek therapy annually. Again, like these national averages are those who go to therapy in a year. And we asked about each month. So it's apples and oranges here. And I would say our numbers would trend even higher based on that. Great comparison. What do you think mm-hmm. is contributing to a larger percentage of our readers versus the general population talking to a therapist? I think we can point to our earlier answers in some ways too. Yeah. I think what Kelly said was like hit the nail on the head. Like it, it's the mentality I think of people who do prioritize their physical health of understanding that your mental health is a huge component of that. And I do think, again, we probably have more athletes in our network and, you know, people who have long talked about the effects of mental health on your physical performance and just your overall health. So I think in the fitness industry in general, mental health has been a conversation for years. And it's always kind of been, especially I feel like for fitness professionals, always something that, that, you know, I've heard touted. So I think that that might be skewing our numbers. Also like that 12% of us men, I'm like, I know literally men get your ass to therapy. (laughs) I cannot overstate that. I feel like women, not that women don't need therapy as much, but women do have other outlets for this, I feel like, even just like the way we talk to our friends is more, you know, again, that's fast generalization, but it's like men get your ass therapy is my byline. (laughs) Yeah. Kelly, what about you? Yeah. I I think that discrepancy of men versus women, not surprising. I wish that wasn't the case. I think we all need to work on our mental health. And I think just like for whatever reason, men aren't allowed to or in our society, quote unquote society to talk about their feelings. And we, I think we'd all be better humans if we just did that. So I, I'm an advocate for therapy for all. And, and yeah, I agree with Dana, like let's get men and into therapy (laughs) and it'd be okay. Yeah. And it's so easy now too to like, I talked to my therapist on my laptop you know, like via Zoom or whatever whatever tool we're using now, there's like therapy portal, uh, which I, I think is the actual technical technology we're using. Doesn't matter. Um, but you can do therapy from home, dudes, gentlemen, or non-binary folks. Um, you know, like just take advantage of it because men don't have fewer mental health issues. They actually, as they age, tend to have more. Um, and the instance of suicide is higher, um, in men, especially men 50 plus, um, because that's when loneliness sets in. That's when you really need folks to talk to. So it is not 
a drill. <laughs> Get to therapy. <laughs> this is not a drill. Uh, anything else to add to that before we move on to mindfulness? No. We are shaking our heads. No. <laughs> I remember that from last time. I'm like, oh, we have to use our words. <laughs> okay. So the mindfulness space. I talked uh, last week's episode about VC, how VC tends to pour money into opportunities, sometimes in a short-sighted way. Um, some VCs are great at playing the long game, but as a vast group, they see an opportunity, they hop on the opportunity, they hope to cash out. Um, without thinking about what's going to happen long-term. So my question comes after two facts. Calm raised $312 million. Those numbers were, uh, as of 2020, I've, I've linked to them in the show notes, and Headspace has raised about $434 million, um, both in 2020. Is there any way that money can ruin this space for us? Wait, Dana, is there a fire truck going by my <laughs> place and is not it- my place? It, Dana and I are a block it would have to be your other. place because would we be able to hear it from my place? Maybe. I don't know. But yes, that this is very loud. And like, are you, how long are you taking to drive down the block? I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> move on. Move on. Fire. Find the fire. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love firemen. Go ahead. And um, women. Sometimes firemen are women. Sometimes. <laughs> Um, yes. I mean, I think cash can ruin anything. I mean, unless cash, it's more like capitalism and U.S. capitalism does tend to taint a lot of things. I think for me, Calm and Headspace, like these meditation apps are, I don't want to say they're for entertainment, but they are a little, you know, a little more gamified, I would say. So I don't, I see a little less harm there where I get a little more, I guess sensitive would be the word is I, again, let's do a lot of podcasts that are true crime related. So there's a lot of mental health ads in them because they know their audience and they know that anxious girlies love, love them some true crime. And of course, and I feel like I get better health ads a lot. And that just feels a little like, I don't know, advertising. Like, again, I think it's a great therapy resource. I think for people who are diving into a talk space or a, uh, you know, better help or something that makes sense. I don't know. I just feel like advertising therapy on podcasts is a tricky landscape and I hear it a lot. And like, I don't know, I, I do definitely think that cash and capitalism could muddy the waters and get it in front of the wrong person. And also it's like, not for nothing, like your head is clearer maybe when you're meditating and maybe it allows in more subliminal messaging. And I would hate for advertisers to work their way into that and turn the movie of Josie and the Pussycats into a real life horror show. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the deep cut. If anyone remembers the subliminal messaging, that was a vast plot point of that movie. <laughs> never oh seen God. it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's everyone needs to watch it. It's great. <laughs> We're going to link to that in the show notes. That's your That's weekend resource. Yeah. Your weekend homework, Josie and the Pussycats. Kelly, what about you? Can money ruin mindfulness? Of course. I mean, I I don't have too much to add from what Dana said because we live in a a capitalist society. So there's pros and cons to it for sure. Uh, So, I mean, I I really don't have anything else to add to what Dana said. (laughs) Yeah, I will add cream. You know, cash rules everything around me. Um, So (laughs) there's, if you follow the money, if you think about like what, what could be done harm wise. Um, what matters for these apps is daily usage. Is it harmful for someone to be using something daily that's enforcing mindfulness? 
No, in the end, it's actually helpful. So if daily active users is their metric um, that matters to the app ongoing, and if like recurring revenue, probably monthly recurring and annual recurring for the VC is what matters, um, that isn't harmful either. Um, So I think the way that cash could ruin this space is by making mindfulness only for pay. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the... I. I'm going to quote Gwyneth Paltrow, um, but most of the tenants of wellness are free. Um, that is a, a thing that they actually say at Goop, which is, I find like so funny because a lot of what they talk about is expensive, but also <laughs> it's so true. Like most of the tenants of wellness are actually free, including mindfulness. Um, so if, if we monetize mindfulness to the point where there's no access and availability for folks who need mindfulness for free, um, that's when I think it would cause harm. But I just, I just don't see in like a creator economy like this, um, that happening. So, um, yeah, I don't want to bogart this episode, but I do have something to actually <laughs> yes. now that we're talking. So touching on something Kelly said earlier, um, about, Health, mental health almost becoming like trendy. I think that is the potential harm I see of mm. like the saturation of the mindfulness space is like, I don't think there's anything inherently bad about like driving and talking more about mental health. And like, I think that's great. But I do think, and I think that we've seen, especially on TikTok, just this sense that like going to therapy is like something hot girls do <laughs> or like, like, you know, yeah. I'm going on my mental health walk. And again, there's nothing inherently bad about those things, except that there it's similar with everything else. Mental health is a spectrum. And I feel like it might diminish some people's real mental health struggles or make it seem like, you know, you don't need to, to take meds. You can just go on a hot girl walk. And, you know, again, those are not the same thing. And I think that the danger of just anything becoming like commodified would be that it then becomes trendy and then it becomes less taken seriously because it's oversaturated. And then, you know, I think you see this a lot again on TikTok where people are like, I had a panic attack from this. And it's like, no, that's not a panic attack. That's (laughs) you like, Maybe you felt a surge, a surge, and yeah. but that's not a panic attack. And conflating those two things can be actually be super dangerous. So I just I see more of like the long term effects of us making this industry really trendy, and some of these buzzwords taking the p- actual power out, uh, away from them would be like a danger I see down the road. Yeah, I guess that also sparked a little insight in me too. Cause I, I think if we were to think about the trajectory of fitness and fitness spend, especially the way we've we've spoken about it this month, um, and as a result of our state of fitness data, one of the things we saw was fitness becoming almost like a luxury good. Mm-hmm. Um and the way we talked about fitness being similar to like that show out spending, like my Gucci bag, my berries class. Um mm-hmm. So if it becomes like my Gucci bag, my berries class, or why whatever, yeah, exactly, my headspace app, you know, like if that, if those things are like my top notch therapist, or you can't get access to her because she's really expensive and she's waitlist only, you know, like if if it becomes like ultra exclusive and the best is only available for those paying, or it's only available. This is similar to what I was saying before, but more mm-hmm. like conflating it with luxury. Um, I think making making mental health a luxury good would be the danger of, mm-hmm. of VC funding. So, like, don't do it. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do, it. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <sighs> All right. Uh, let's talk about loneliness. <laughs> Not 
to bum you <laughs> <Wow>. out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Debbie Downer right now, like the actual Debbie Downer. <laughs> okay, so according to Cigna, the, you know, like the health insurance company, 52% of Americans report feeling lonely. Um, this data was, uh, I believe, 2021. And 47% their relationships with others are not meaningful. That is such a bummer. So let's talk about friendship. Why is it meaningful for the state of fitness? Do you want me to go first or last? Kelly, you decide. First. You go. (gasps) First. Okay. (laughs) Me. Me, Gina. I talk. Um, So, okay. So friendship's meaningful for the state of fitness. For a lot of the reasons we're talking about with loneliness, um, Friendship leads to connection. Connection is linked to longevity. So when we think about your mental health, when we think about loneliness, um, loneliness can lead to a more depressive state. Loneliness can lead to higher anxiety. Those two things, anxiety, depression, can lead to things like dementia later in life. So our minds, our bodies, our friendships, these are three things that are all linked together for a meaningful, healthy, happy life. That's why it's meaningful for the state of fitness. Um, for me specifically, when I think about loneliness, I think about the years 2020 to 2022. I actually, I personally did feel very lonely because I relied on uh, a sweat life. It's how I spent a lot of my time, like running the business, being at events in person, seeing people I knew. Um, either really well or um, sort of like had those looser ties with seeing those people on a recurring basis, checking in with them, like being able to speak with human beings and give hugs. Like that was really where I got my social and emotional support and I wasn't getting it anymore. I was only getting social and emotional support like for my husband and like our small COVID pod, my dogs and Zoom which is not mm. enough. <laughs> so I actually, I did feel very lonely over that time, which I think led to an uptick in my own anxiety and my own depression. I felt super low, um, over last year specifically. Cause I was like, when is it over? No more. Um, so I personally felt the effects of loneliness. Kelly, Dana, what do you have to add to this? Um, I, I agree. I think that for me also, and I think the reason why it is important to have the the questions and conversation related to state of fitness is I've always kind of grabbed, like I am one of those people who gravitates towards fitness for the community, like for, I'm not a big solo exerciser. I wish I was, but I don't really get that motivation internally. And so even if I'm going to work out by myself, I'm going to a group fitness class. Like I just, I need that community. And also prior to COVID, I worked in out of a fitness studio. So like my office was a back room of fitness studio. So I got to see people all day long and like fitness has always been to me about just like the people and the energy, you know, mainly a lot of all female, you know, fitness groups and things like that. And just kind of like getting that, that girl energy that I love. Um, and yeah, I was living across the country from, you know, most of my friends and family during peak years of COVID. I moved back to Chicago in late 2021. So kind of like seeking fitness and like seeking community has been like one and the same to me since I've moved back. And that's been like the main way I've met new people or just like gotten myself out of my apartment is been through fitness. And I think it's, you know, it, it kind of gives you both. So I think it's super important that, that there are people like me who like, yeah, I'd like the benefits of fitness, but I'm, I would be lying if I said I was like a gym rat or like any, like that I cared about any inherent benefits of fitness other than the fact that it's a huge social outlet for me. 
Yeah. What about you, Kelly? Well, I think it's the reason we talk about friendship a lot at A Sweat Life. I mean, Gina, it's one of the reasons you started started this company. We've heard from so many people that it's hard to make friends as adults. And so we write a lot about friendships, how to make friendships, how to how to start a friendship, um, and how to diversify your friendship. But when we talk about it a lot, because we've heard from our community that it is hard. And I would say, uh, I agree with you, Dana, a lot of friends I've made have been through things I enjoy doing, which is moving my body, fitness, dance, dance is a new one, um, going for a run (laughs) (laughs) that didn't used to be on the roster. Uh, so yeah, I think, we've heard it's hard to make friends as adults. And so that's why we talk about it a lot. And we, I think we do a great job creating community around that and making it feel very welcoming. So, yeah. Speaking of making new friends, what is the best way to make a new friend? Dana, you go first. Well, I know I'm going to steal all of our answer, but I mean, a community <laughs> like a sweat life, honestly, like, and it, you know, it, I really do think though, you know, I've always found my adult friends through jobs. And then when I started my own company, I didn't have that. So I basically made my clients, my friends like you guys. Um, and, but I mean, that to me, it was always like there, I think it was you, Gina, who shared a study later at some point last year about how much time you have to spend with someone basically to consider them a friend. And I think that to me is such a big thing. Like I, I, you need to spend time together. And in order to do that, you have to have some kind of common bond or something that you do consistently together. So I think consistency is honestly what breeds friendship. Like I think as adults, we have to make time for each other. We have to make and keep plans and almost like have like a recurring, like schedule of seeing people because I think that it, it, that time together is really how you make friends as an adult. So finding common bonds um, and joining communities like a spot life where you are doing things consistently with the same groups of people and you're able to really kind of create those friendships outside of it. Love. All right, Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I'm, I would agree. I And I kind of touched on this too, yeah. uh, <laughs> making friends via your hobbies, basically things you like to do. I always had kind of a built-in friend group living in Chicago, growing up in Chicago, going to a college close to Chicago. So moving to a whole new area for the in the past two years has been um, an interesting experiment for me on how to, how to build community again and make new friends. And I've been very lucky to be able to make friends in this, in this small town. And uh, part of it has been just like through connections and then we keep add, adding people in. Um, I, most, almost all the friends I've made in my town all moved here within the past two years, which is interesting. So it's all people that were looking for friendship. I think it is harder when you already have a friend group um, to bring new people in. But when you, when you move somewhere, there's other people that are also looking for those friendships. So just, um, I'd say like, just be really friendly and invite new people in. I like, I've literally met people and we just like met in person for this first time. And we're like, we think we might like each other. Let's go grab a coffee. So I don't know. I've been really lucky to meet new people in a, a new town. Cause I think if I hadn't, I would have this ex- like experience of moving to a new town. If I hadn't, built friends, I, it would, I would feel so much different about where I live. Yeah. I mean, you would be lonely. Yeah. (laughs) Be lonely. And you would, you would probably have a lot less to do. Like right now, like every week, Kelly's like, yeah, listen to this activity I did. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, are you ready for me to go on a tangent about making yeah. friends? Let's do it. Okay, so pre-pandemic, I actually wrote a keynote that I give like pretty frequently about how to make a friend as an adult. And both of you have pointed to things that uh, are within this. I'm going to go through the five-step process to make friends, um, <laughs> which are important. Um, so like step one, gather in the same place as other people. Like that's easy. Just like get a bunch of people together. Step two, share something in common, anything in common at all. Dana, you pointed to it. You have like work in common. Kelly, you pointed to it. You had all recently moved to a new town and we're open making friends. And then step three, talk about anything, anything at all. So this can be like work. This can be like what you're doing over the weekend that we'll call this like small talk or like not into the, the layers of emotions. And then step four is talk about something that matters. This is connecting on things like what matters to you, what your values are, your childhood, you know, like what makes you tick um, and building those bridges from human to human. Because when we are, as Brene Brown puts it, like when we are vulnerable, we open up our hearts um, and we allow other people to sort of like meld to them. And then step five continue the interaction outside of the initial conversation. So this is as if anyone knows me in real life or knew me in my twenties, you would know that I was obsessed with the idea of pickup artistry. I think it was just preparing me for my later life journey of making friends because it's the same basic principles. You guys, um, in pickup artistry, there's this concept of moving to the second location. This is the same thing as (laughs) as friendship. I'm going to actually link to in the show notes to a book. Uh, it is called the game. It's by one of my favorite artists, artists, my favorite authors who does like ethnographic, like really awesome books, including the game. Anyway, this is a tangent within a tangent. Continue the, the interaction outside of the initial conversation. So like exchange phone numbers, go to a new place, get that coffee that Kelly was mentioning, or like after a fitness class, say like, do you want to get brunch? Brunch? Oh my God. Emotional connection. Um, those are five basic steps. Make sure you have a way to contact each other also after that like next location. However, I will say... The other thing that comes into play here is like your personality. So depending on your personality, you are either the person who asks other people to make plans or the person who says yes. Um, So I would say um, lean into that. So be the person who asks and understand, like accept implicitly that other people are lonely and want to make friends or be the person that says yes. Like if someone says like, do you want to X, Y, Z, like, Put yourself out there. You like go say yes. Um, those are my tips. And now it's time for show and tell. <laughs> Share a tip, a resource, or an article that you referenced this week as we talked about mental health, friendship, and the state of fitness. Kelly, do you want to go first or second? Second. Two. Dana, it's you. Well, other than dressing the pussycats, which is really just my tip of my tip of the week. Um, so we didn't touch on sleep very much in today's episode, but oh, sleep obviously is very tied to mental health. It's, especially for me, it definitely is. Um, I really can track my moods and my just like ups and downs with how much I'm sleeping. So I really love, I have a whole sleep 
wind down routine that does really well for me, but I love, um, this really works the sleep spray. Um, and it's like a mindfulness spray and it just, it really does kind of get me centered and ready for bed. Um, and I love it. And I know in the ambassador Slack channel, we were talking about sleep sprays a few weeks ago. So that's my recommendation. I've tried a bunch of them over the years and this one actually really works for me. What's the brand Dana? It's called this, this really works. (laughs) like this works I think it's called this works I'll find the exact one and we'll link it but um I mean that's not false advertising it really works (laughs) okay I like that I like that give me all the the sleep tools like I'm obsessed with sleep I I love sleep so much and I yeah (laughs) I'm on board with that Um, yeah (laughs) my recommendation is the company Koa they are Mm -hmm. a mental health. It's like your gym for mental health, I think is how they brand it. We've worked with them before when we did our mental health summit. Uh, I really, I want, I always, just like I talk about wanting to go to therapy more, I want to join their classes. I think they have a great roster of therapists on their schedule. And I, I, I would just highly recommend checking them out because they talk about a bunch of different, um, mental health, like scenarios, workplace, personal relationship. So I think they're a great company. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up because I just listened to this this morning and this actually relates more to last, our last episode, but Dana props to you for, um, telling me about the podcast. Um, sounds like a cult. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> Love um, that podcast. It's and so her, good. And her book too. Yeah. So they actually just came out with the Peloton one and we just talked about I Peloton. Haven't listened so yet. This, I haven't listened yet. So listened this yet. would be a good recommendation for last, last week's podcast. And they also did Soul, Soul Cycle and mm-hmm. CrossFit. But um, so go and look, listen to those just in general when it comes to state of fitness. I think they, they really kind of dig into some great stuff. And it kind of begs the question, we're talking about friendship, communities, is a sweat life a cult? <laughs> <laughs> we're cultish. Based on the based spectrum of cults. I yeah, think we're based a live, on live your life cult for sure. We are live your life because there's no yeah. hard exit costs. And I think hard exactly. exit costs is really that you can leave a sweat life at any time. <laughs> I mean, you won't want to. You won't want to. Why would you well, ever want to? But um, the, the benchmark I think is... If you leave, oh my God, I actually shouldn't say their name because they'll just sue us. <laughs> now we're canceled. Ah, Ryan, cut it out. Because if you leave, you lose your friends, your family, yeah. your social network, everything. Yeah. Um, or and, like a traditional MLM, like you have to sink a ton yeah. of money into that. Like we are, we're a less traditional MLM. <laughs> yeah, we're not an MLM. We're not an MLM. We're not an MLM. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, so you know, I remember you at, at the um, ambassador, like welcome party we had in October and at the beginning. And Gina was like, you're our friends forever. Like, yeah. <laughs> you were like, oh my God, that sounds culty. It's so Yeah. We're all lonely and we all want it. So it's great. Yeah. You should, uh, listeners, you should all read Cult-ish, which is the book by um, Amanda, who, yep, who hosts Sounds Like a Cult. Um, she actually breaks down in the book what uh, the characteristics of a cult are. Are, which I find super interesting. That's why I say we're cult-ish. We're on the spectrum of cult because technically, based on her characteristics, we are. So is Soul Cycle. So is Trader Joe's. They said Pel- Peloton was a live your life. So 
Yeah. 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 Spoiler alert. Southern Peloton. <laughs> you don't lose your friends, family. It lasts a little money, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My resource this week. Oh, I love the tangents. I love the tangents. Um, the book Awe by Dr. Keltner, um, who uh, is also a podcaster, is prolific in um, the awe, awe and kindness. He studies awe and kindness, which I love about him. So we don't reference awe or the, the concept of awe specifically in the state of fitness. It's actually a great way to add satisfaction to your life. And awe is pretty readily available. Um, you just have to keep your eyes open. Awe is linked to observation. Um, so if you, one, you should get the book. Um, or listen to the audiobook because his voice is incredible. Um, hmm. But if you keep your eyes open in the wild, um, natural beauty is a big source of awe, but also like human kindness. Um, so if you witness a human helping another human, it can lead to awe, um, which leads to greater happiness in your own life. Um, so I highly recommend that book. I purchased it. You should too. Um, support your local author or get it from your library. That's cool too. All right, something we're loving this week. Let's close it down. It falls under food, friendship, fitness, or fun. Kelly, you get to go first this time. Oh, yay. Uh, So I'm going to reference another podcast I'm really into right now, and it's Back to the Beach with Stephen and Kristen. I've talked about this a lot with Gina. I was a big Laguna Beach fan when I was in college. Me too. That's dating myself, but, um, and I, I were you a team Kristen or team Lauren? I was always a team Kristen. And I know she was like, I was too. I like felt bad about it, but I'm also like, sorry. Yeah. Stephen. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So I've, I've rewatched Laguna beach and I started to watch the Hills again. Cause it's on Netflix. Um, although I don't really remember watching the Hills, but I, I was a big Laguna beach fan. So, Loving the podcast, loving the, you know, it's just like fully representing the zeitgeist of the early aughts and everyone's saying zeitgeist now. I don't know why, but I'm bringing it on this podcast. And also you said the early aughts, which I, (laughs) I love it. We are. Yeah. Well, I didn't love the Hills personally, but I did love Whitney Portsman off the city. So that was, that was one I loved because I wanted to be a PR girly. I waited on all of the Port Sisters when I was at <laughs> the University of Wisconsin, including Whitney Port. So Jade Port was, I was in a sorority in college. That sounds like a cult too, because it is. Um, Me too. Same. And yeah, sounds like a cult. Um, but Jade Port, one of the Port Sisters, was in the sorority next door to mine. She came into the restaurant which where I was working at the time, which was The Crave at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Um, that no longer exists, but it was like a 12 top. I think I was at my peak of service that night. So I did a great job. They definitely remember you is what they remember me for sure. I tried not to geek out about Whitney. I think I did a great job acting like she was regular. (laughs) She is not the only famous person I have ever met or waited on or had in my fitness class. And I will say that my greatest pride in life is acting like they're regular. I made Alicia Silverstone introduce herself to me. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling me that. Well, it wasn't, I didn't mean for it to be a power move. It was more like, (laughs) no, I'm kidding. I was like, hi, I'm Gina. And she was like, 
I am Alicia. <laughs> I mean, what else? I mean, I guess you well, could just be like, like, hi, Alicia. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be nice? I was thinking about it and I like didn't mean to do it, but also I was like, I got a guard. Like, wouldn't it be nice if you're a little regular? Once I feel in like a while? the right celebrity would respond really well to that and to be like, yeah, yeah she was lovely. lovely. Yeah. She was lovely. Also, yeah. a badass. Anyway. <laughs> Something I'm loving is not name dropping. It's the daily calm in the calm app. I am actually a calm user. I left that out of my mental health routine, but I, I'm on again, off again with calm, but I do pretty well and have been doing pretty well at like the daily calm in the morning. It's 10 minutes. Um, there's a little message from um, the author of the day's meditation and it's just like bite-sized enough that I do it. I love it. Which I love. I love well, this has um, been another episode. Oh, I didn't get Dana one, didn't go. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, bye, Dana. You get nothing. Like, you get nothing this week. Um, so talking about the early aughts, actually very funny, the zeitgeist movement. I discovered a Spotify early 2000s rock anthems playlist, and it's just like my entire high school. Oh. I was a very big, still am, like big, like punk emo kid. Um, and it's just like... Yeah. So sometimes I'm just like writing captions and, you know, doing whatever I'm doing, but like doing it to like system of a down and like stained and POD. <laughs> and so it's just it's really like giving a, me life. Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Wait, I love like a rock, like, ah, like mm-hmm. the- yeah. I'm big into like screamo punk. So if you're into that too, uh, <laughs> we'll link to that Spotify playlist. Yes. Please send the link. Okay, now this has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is an Isweatlife.com production and another thing that's better with friends because everything's better with friends. Thanks to Ryan Deffitt for editing, Ryan Barayuga for video production. Thanks to Kelly and Dana for joining me. And thanks to you for listening wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and thanks for remembering to like, subscribe, comment, whatever. Do all that stuff. Bye. 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 Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.